Twerk, 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 twerk that ass. The Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast begins Part now. Duh. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Sometimes when you're in a championship game to go to the championship, you got to twerk, twerk, twerk that ass. Or feed Tim a little bit of caffeine and sugar, and this is what happens. <laughs> <laughs> we took a little break in between episodes. Uh, Tim's like, oh, you want some iced tea? Yeah. Oh, I put two bags of four bags. Four bags. Ooh, but we split it. Yeah, but it was four bags. It's it's it was a big whatever. Serving. Tea doesn't really have an effect on me. Caffeine. Black tea has mad because I don't drink caffeine. For those of you who know, and those of you who don't know, now you know. I I don't drink caffeine at all. I don't want to get addicted to it. It's too dangerous. And I hate the taste of coffee. I like coffee. Unfortunately, coffee and chocolate taste like to me, and I hate the taste. A of nice warm coffee in the morning. Mm. Most people don't believe me when I say I hate the taste of chocolate. <laughs> yeah, you're a weirdo. But it's true. Um, Have you tried like dark chocolate, like super dark chocolate? That like would, the bitter one. That would be f- I even the worse. Problem is that I don't have any bitter nodes in my body whatsoever. So then, why don't you like milk chocolate? Because it's not sweet enough. It tastes bitter. To not me. sweet enough. It's, milk chocolate doesn't taste sweet at all. <laughs> Tastes like the the most. That is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. In crap, my life. Cr- crappy in this. I to me don't believe you. Same thing. <laughs> same thing with coffee, man. The only time I ever drank coffee in my life, it was like a concoction that I made that was three, that was two thirds uh, hazelnut creamer and one third coffee. It was just like warm hazelnut creamer. <laughs> that's gross. It's gr- it, that's was, it was worse for you than the coffee. I know, and that's why I don't drink coffee. Because I mean, is coffee bad for you though? Like. Caffeine is just like it's a drug that's very addicting, so you're not able to wake up without it once you get to, into the habit of waking up with it. I suppose. Plus, Anyways. where else are you getting caffeine from if you're not a coffee drinker? So I have tea from time to time, and black tea really like charges me up because it's five hour energies. I know you used to take some of those, right? Oh, uh, when Randomly. I was in college, yeah. yeah, when I needed energy in college, I would do five hour energy. That was stupid. <laughs> that shit is like bad for you. I mean, in, in college, whatever, your heart's not going to stop. Isn't it just like a ridiculous like amount of B12 or something in there? It's like, yeah, ridiculous amount of caffeine and B12. So a real shock. if you're a vegan, maybe you should take You ever that. try espressos? Espressos don't taste like black coffee at all. Uh, I can't say that I have. You should give espresso a shot. Nah. They're small. You go through them quick. I know. But taste delightful. You understand that a bag of tea gets me wired, right? And you're going to have me drink an espresso? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Go from one bag to two down bags there, to three buddy. bags to four bags. Nah, that's it. To seven espresso shots each morning. Let's go. Do you know who had definitely had seven espresso shots before his game last week? Drew Locke. Drew Locke. Oh, f- fucking transition like a motherfucking general. Bro. Yeah. Twerk that ass. Twerk that uh, ass. Broncos at the Chiefs. Um, let's start on the Broncos side. Let's start with Drew Locke. Drew Locke had a big game, but you'd expect Cortland Sutton to kind of be the beneficiary of that game. He was not. It was Noah Fant who really had the big game as a result. So, with that being said, a lot of people leaned on Cortland Sutton to get to this point. I know I'm one of them. And he's in a bad matchup with a quarterback that has not really thrown to him. Now, he did get seven targets last week. Which was nice, but he didn't do much with those targets. Only five for thirty-four with those seven targets. So the question is: Is Cortland Sutton 
um, a good play, a great play, or a play that you're cautiously optimistic about? Is he like where do you got him? I got Cortland Sutton at wide receiver twenty, so a mid to low wide receiver two because there's certainly some risk here. Kansas City, their secondary has been over the last five weeks just behind uh, Baltimore. The only good. defense. Yeah, they've been very stout. This is stout. what the Honey Badger does. Yeah, uh, as a pass defense, they've been very stout, more beatable on the ground, but that's been working for them. But Cortland Sutton, he's going to get the targets. He's an absolute beast. He could come down with any ball at any time. So you just have to trust him to do that for you this week in fantasy. There is some bust potential here, which is why I have a more low-end wide receiver too this week. But there's also some upside because Kansas City has been they're one of those teams where they've been playing well as a unit. It's not like they have a lockdown corner and Cortland Sutton. It's it's a tough matchup for KC to guard Cortland, Cortland Sutton more than it is Cortland Sutton to get open on the KC defense. Hmm. Interesting take there. So I like Cortland Sutton this week as a wide receiver too. Um, any, I mean, Noah Fant had the big game last week. Um, if you're streaming tight ends or if you're in a situation where like you had Jared Cook and Jared Cook is questionable – or if you have Mark Andrews and Mark Andrews ends up not playing, are you comfortable playing Noah Fant? Uh, no offense to Noah Fant. <laughs> oh. Hot, hot. It's still a little bit too much risque for me. We are talking about a guy who the two weeks prior combined for four receptions and 19 yards, right? I mean, and even last week against Houston, only four receptions on four targets. So it's not like he was a target monster last week either. It's the long passes for Noah Fant that have really been the catch and runs that have boomed his fantasy success so far this year. Against KC, it's a solid matchup. They're likely going to need to pass, but it's it's certainly risky when you have a guy who has scored two or three or less in half his games this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, Philip Lindsay, this guy, it, it's the same story with him all the time. Starts off the game super hot. And then as the game goes on, the Broncos forget about him. Had another day where you're like, oh, yes, finally, it's Philip Lindsay day. And then all of a sudden, no. Uh, Philip Lindsay last week, I was confused by his expert consensus ranking at 16. I put him down to like 23, 24-ish. And I ended up, I was 31st overall ranker. Running back was my best. I was top 20 overall in running backs. And Philip Lindsay probably had a lot to do with that because, again, this week, Expert consensus ranking of RB13. Hmm. I understand he's going up against Kansas City, who's been beat on the ground. So but what? we are talking about a guy who has not surpassed 15 half PPR fantasy points since week five. And he's just not getting the work to do so. That's I mean, that's the Literally line. months since he's had a top 15 fantasy day. So I don't know how you could rank him there, thinking even in this great matchup. like it just It's kind of mind-boggling to me. I have my RB20 this week. I think he's a solid RB, too, but he's shown that he really doesn't have that ceiling. And he hasn't surpassed three receptions since week eight either, which is he caught four passes in each of his first three games, has only reached that mark twice since then. It's it's not great. Yeah, it's not great at all. And Royce Freeman stole a touchdown last week from him. Royce Freeman has not been as big of an impact as he was in the beginning of the year, but if he's going to come out here stealing uh, stealing touchdowns, you don't like that. If you want to go ahead and start Drew Locke in this game, you go ahead and do that, but don't say the Brodo Bros told you to. Um, the Chiefs, on the other side, and on the other hand, Patrick Mahomes cost some people some some games last week. Patrice slacked that he did. 
He was looking more like his brother dancing in front of the camera than he was uh, looking like himself. Um, with that being said, the Chiefs, Tyreek Hill didn't have a good game. The running backs didn't have a good game. The wide receivers didn't have a good game. Kelsey had a good game. So do you think it's the same kind of thing as the Broncos where it's going to be Kelsey first and then everyone else second? How do you even play a Chiefs running back at this point if it's not Damian Williams? Yeah, um, I mean, the way the pass catchers have always been is start Tyreek Hill, start Travis Kelsey, be very happy that you did. If you want to take a shot on Sammy Watkins, go for it. But at this point, Sammy Watkins outside of week one has been an absolute disaster. So you can't start Sammy Watkins, and then it comes down to their running backs. And how could you start Shady? How could you start Darwin Thompson? How even D will if he returns? How could you start any of those guys with any type of confidence? It's their their flex plays at best at this point. Like you just have to hope one of them finds the end zone, honestly. But I'd rather just stay away from that backfield if I were if I had to play them, I'd like them as a flex play. There's no way I'm putting any of them in my RB1 or RB2 slot unless I'm super desperate. Today I'll play Sammy Watkins and today I'll be and damned. Even, just gotta throw this out there. Spencer Ware outsnapped Darwin Thompson last week. Oh, you so you cannot play Darwin Thompson if Spencer Ware is just gonna come in and outsnap him. I just dropped Darwin T- Darwin Toff- Thompson to block the team I'm playing in one of my matchups from getting Seattle's defense against Carolina. Interesting. I that's how much I think that he's gonna get a roll. He's just not. Yeah. Spencer Ware came up the street and played more snaps. It's it's over for you. All you Darwin Thompson. It's over for you. You liars. All right. Vikings at Chargers. The next game on the agenda. The Chargers went crazy. Just like we said they were going to go crazy, particularly the running backs. Uh, The Vikings, um, on the other hand, are a good defense. So let's get into these Chargers. These go, Chargers, go. Go Go now. Wow. Um, (laughs) I mean, the, the Vikings don't have a very good defense. I mean, their pass defense is trash. Which is why, I mean, Phillip Rivers is another guy. Phillip Rivers has not been very good this season overall. But he's gotten hot the last two weeks. Not the worst streaming option, in my opinion. I mean, I have my QB 19, so there are some guys that I like considerably more than him. But 18 and 25 the last two weeks. Threw for over 300 yards against Jacksonville and only 16 completions. Uh, EC expert consensus ranking of QB 25, which is a little absurd to me. In two QB leagues, I'd be very happy to have Philip Rivers as my QB too. Uh, but yeah, I like Philip Rivers as a possible streaming option if you if you're in a league where people own two quarterbacks each, because there are some leagues out there that we've come to realize that are like that. Which means I also like Keenan Allen. Uh, Xavier Rhodes got hurt last week. I'm not sure what his status is, but either way, whether it's Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes, or anyone else. They've all been terrible this you season. You mean Xavier all roads lead to the end zone? Xavier all roads lead to the end zone, yeah. Keenan Allen gets hot in the second half. He's continuing at this Doing year. Doing Keenan Allen things. He did not score a touchdown last week. Five receptions and 83 yards, though. I mean, it's it's decent. You, you would have liked a bigger game, but you can't really complain about 83 yards. And Mike Williams scored a touchdown. Oh, my gosh. It happened to him. <laughs> and yet he only caught two balls. He did for sixty-three it. yards, upped his yards per reception from twenty to twenty-one. The fact that he has eight hundred forty-one yards on forty receptions is absolutely hilarious to me. It's just mind-boggling. But that's who he is. And is he going to score another long touchdown? I'm not. I, I'm not saying it's not going to happen because Minnesota is that bad. But he did score his first touch. Maybe it'll start coming in in bunches now. 
Mike Williams is a solid wide receiver three play in my eyes because he, he has at least established the floor. Like, you'll get at least eight points from him. But I don't see the huge upside there. He hasn't surpassed 14 half PPR fantasy points this season. In any game, if he's going to do it, though, Minnesota's not a bad place to start. Yep. Um, let's talk about the backfield then. Uh, actually, Hunter Henry, the start because we're on the pass catchers. Um, the Vikings against the tight end this year have been decent right in the middle of the pack. So you got Hunter Henry, who looked like he was going to be a stud, and then all of a sudden not as involved in the offense as he was before. So the question is, and that has been correlating to Keenan Allen being better better at fantasy uh, the last few weeks. So does that trend continue, or is it more Keenan Allen, or do you see Hunter Henry maybe getting back in the action? Yeah, it's a bit alarming to see two receptions and two receptions back-to-back weeks for Hunter Henry. Only seven targets combined. In the previous six games prior to that, he saw seven targets or more in all of them except one. And then he got seven targets combined with only four receptions. Four receptions was the least amount he's had in any game this season prior to this two-game stretch. If he didn't catch that touchdown last week, he would have been a complete bust again. But he did catch the touchdown. I have my QB, uh, excuse me, I have my tight end five right now. I'm just going to roll with him again because... He does have the upside. We've see, we've all seen it happen, and it's not a terrible matchup against Minnesota, but they're certainly more concerned than you had uh, earlier in the year for Hunter Henry. Um, let's go to the backfield now. We saw two big games out of Gordon and Eckler. Do you think that these big games uh, can continue against a very good pass defense? Melgo is I mean, the sorry, run defense. <laughs> sorry, Melgo is the Melgo of old, just cut down a notch. Yeah, I mean, like he's, he's not he's back. as he's huh? back. He's back. Yeah, but like fantasy wise, when he was going at his best, he was like a locked and loaded top five guy. That's true. Now he's a locked and loaded ten to fifteen RB finish guy. So, I mean, he's gonna get the great amount of work that you want from a running back. Minnesota is a difficult matchup, but they have not been shy um, with getting Melvin Gordon involved in that offense. So I'm firing him up. I have him as my RB ten this week, and Austin Eckler just continues to produce at an absolutely ridiculous level. I mean, this guy has eight rushes, 101 yards, and four receptions, 112 yards. The the wider, excuse me, the running backs combined for nine receptions. Another reason why Hunter Henry's targets and receptions are going down. The running backs have been getting more involved again in the pass catching. You have to, I don't see how you could sit Austin Eckler at this point. I mean, he's just been so ridiculously, consistently great all season. It's absolutely absurd how good he's been even on limited touches. So I have Austin Eckler as my RB15 this week. You got to fire him up. He can't be sat. And I feel like that question surfaces uh, everywhere you go every week, will he be sat? So it's going to be interesting. Let's go over to the other side. Adam Thielen is finally expected to return back to the lineup, which is good news for a lot of people because if you're one of those guys who stuck strong and had Adam Thielen – then great if Adam Thielen wasn't able and and he somehow hit your waiver wire because someone needed to pick up somebody and he wasn't coming back and you picked him up even better fantastic this is bad news for guys who all of a sudden had Kyle Rudolph um and really was like like hey he was their tight end when they were streaming tight ends and and now Bissy Johnson as well not like anyone was starting him but yeah you know and then also Stefan Diggs it takes away from him do you think Adam Thielen comes back and is the Adam Thielen of old, or do you think that this is going to be something 
that doesn't really affect the offense that much as they um, ease him back in. I have Adam Thielen, a wide receiver, 24. Um, it's tough to gouge at this point. Let's see as the practices go on and stuff, because he was supposed to return last week too, and then, nope, he's not playing. So we'll see if he's actually back. But Adam Thielen, look, he was a successful wide receiver prior to his injury, and I don't really expect that to change. It hurts Stefan Diggs. I have him at 23 and 24 right now. Stefan Diggs' expert consensus ranking right now is at wide receiver 15. Going against the Chargers, look, Stefan Diggs has not had more than six receptions in any game since those three straight 100-yard extravaganzas that he had in the middle of the season. And now with Adam Thielen returning, plus he's going to be going up against Casey Hayward. Casey Hayward's a very good cornerback. I am very hesitant about Stefan Diggs' outlook this week. Oof. That's a big blow because he's been he's been winning people games. Um, Dalvin Cook, set it and forget it. Yeah. Uh, you know, he people are wondering if he was going to be limited last week. He had 20 touches and, and found the end zone. Uh, not much more you can ask for. He's ready to go again this week against the Chargers. Another great matchup, so fire him up. The Oakland Raiders and the Jacksonville Jaguars play each other. Oh, I forgot to mention the um, the over-under line on the last one. Um, Kansas City and Denver, by the way, is a 46-point over-under, and Kansas City is a 9.5-point favorite in that one. And we're about to do Jacksonville-Oakland, but Minnesota and the Chargers. The Chargers, um, a 2.5-point underdog at home and a 45-point over-under. Um, let's go to Jacksonville and Oakland in our next matchup. A 45.5 point over under with Oakland, a touchdown favorite. You know you're on a really, really bad streak when the Raiders are a touchdown favorite and they've been streaking horribly. Um, this game is a game of... That's um, nuts. It's a game of an immovable object means it meets an unstoppable force. Like, who wins? Yep. Um, this is that game because all, both of these guys are unstoppably going to the bottom of the league. Let's start with the Raiders. The news all week was Dwayne Washington was going to be the lead back. DeAndre there. Washington. Sorry, DeAndre Washington. Then all of a sudden, uh, uh, Josh Jacobs with a broken shoulder said he's going to play. So good news for Josh Jacobs owners because the Jaguars have been the worst run defense in the league the past few weeks, um, and people are running all over them. So you would love it. The problem is... No one else can be played on the Raiders um, besides Darren Waller in the pass-catching game. So how do you feel about Jacobs? How do you feel about Waller? I got Josh Jacobs at 24 right now. Nah, 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 nah. Michael, I'm sorry if he plays. It's way too low. Yes, that's likely to change. I'm I'm trying to wait and see. Okay, that's fine. I get it. Because I'm like, look, this dude has like a broken shoulder and shit, right, apparently, like a fractured shoulder. They're out of the playoff hunt now, and you're just going to put him back out there? You kidding? Why would you do that with your prized first-round pick who has been so ridiculously great this season for you? So I'm I'm a little hesitant to believe that. I'll likely place him inside my uh, my top 15 or 16 running backs if uh, if he actually gets the green light and it's reported that he's ready to go. So, Michael, I, my, you know, I got a friend the other day. Here um, we go. It's actually my friend's dog, sister's cousin's mother's uncle's aunt's. Um, what is Philip co-workers, uh, you know, light specialist. And they asked through the grapevine, DeAndre Washington 
in what could be an increased role. Jamison Crowder, Tevin Coleman, Evan Ingram, OJ Howard, all fighting for one spot. Who do you play? What a total yuck that is. That man. is a total yuck. If that if the rest of his team wasn't <laughs> the prettiest team you've ever seen in your life, that might be a problem. Evan Ingram, if he returns. Otherwise, I'd rather just take the upside shot on OJ Howard. I think I think I, I mean he told me he might go OJ Howard. Uh, you know that's not my team at all. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, let's. <laughs> uh, where are we? OJ Howard. Not what we're talking about. So yeah, that's what we think about the Raiders. What about Darren Waller? Darren Waller again. He he disappointed a little bit last week. Uh, he didn't have quite the game you wanted from him if you're a Darren Waller owner because he did lose a fumble, which puts a hindrance on his six for seventy three line. But six for seventy three is not something you could complain about at the tight end position. Jacksonville has been in the top ten against tight ends this year. That does not matter to me. Like Jason always says, looking at tight end efficiency is very flawed without looking at their matchups because a lot of teams just don't even utilize their tight end in the passing game. So fire up Darren Waller again with Hunter Renfro out. He's a huge part of that offense, and he's basically their number one weapon, just like Jared Cook was last year. Okay. Um, let's go over to the other side. of. Oh, we already went over to the other side of the coin. No, we didn't. The Jaguars. Do not start Tyrell Williams. No, we already mentioned. Don't don't start. And obviously, you're not starting David Carr either. Derek Carr. Derek Jesus Carr. Me. Excuse me. Uh, Leonard Fournette with the Jaguars. Yes. Leonard. DJ Chark probably missing the game. Do, 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 he do. is currently in a boot and walking around with a little scooter. Yeah, you can't expect him to play. Not a good look. Um DD Westbrook's going to be in there. Um Chris Conley's going to be in there. Uh Keelan Cole. Now the Raiders secondary has been trash. So if you got to play one of these guys, you lean DD. Yeah. Uh I do lean DD. Um but you lean DD with DJ Chark out. There's room for multiple guys. You so, think so? I do. As bad as uh, the Jacksonville offense has been, equally as bad has the Oakland Raiders' pass defense been. Like, we just saw Ryan Tannehill go off with A.J. Brown last week. Look, I have D.D. Westbrook at wide receiver 26. So I think he's a high-end wide receiver 3. There's some real upside there against Oakland secondary. And Chris Conley, he has had some big games this year, especially when players ahead of him have been hurt as dj chark is so i have him as a solid uh flex play i'm not there's a lot of risk of chris conley here because he does have some bust potential but like if i'm choosing between chris conley or jamison crowder for example i'd rather i'd rather take the upside shot on chris conley with crowder playing against uh baltimore on a thursday um obviously you're playing leonard Fournette, and you have high expectations because he's playing the raiders yeah, Leonard Fournette was in my stock down because with the way the offense has been going in Jacksonville, it just doesn't leave a lot of room for Leonard Fournette to operate, and he has not surpassed more than 14 half PPR fantasy points in four of his last five games. But now he gets Oakland here, another smash matchup. You just have to hope he gets more involved in the passing game again, gets back to the seven receptions, which he saw at least seven in three straight games prior to last week where he only caught three, and gets more than 15 carries. Oakland has just been so damn bad that you have to fire up Leonard Fournette. He it's it's a smash spot here for him, so you have to hope that he could go off. Facts. Um, you're not playing Gardner Minshew. No. So let's move on. 
The Browns at the Cardinals is our next matchup. The Cardinals defense has been the shittiest defense in the history of shit defenses. Not true. There's been worse defenses. I mean, I'm being I'm being hyperbolic. They're not even the worst defense this season. I mean, the last couple of games they've been horrible. They haven't been able to stop a nosebleed. I mean, they see this is why I I find it hilarious that people think Devlin Hodges is good because he threw for 150 yards against the Cardinals. All right, but still. <laughs> on 16 for 19. <laughs> um, the Browns have Duck weapons. Now, here's the thing. Baker Mayfield, as I talked about before, Brett Coleman, shout out to Brett Coleman's YouTube channel. He went into detail about how Baker Mayfield has this little hitch in his step and it's making his seven-step drops into nine-step drops and it's making his tackle not be able to block that wide and he's getting a lot of pressure because of it. Um, with that being said, the Arizona defense sucks. So... OBJ, Jarvis Landry. I think Jarvis Landry is wide receiver one there. I think that it's been proven at this point. OBJ only has two top 14 performances this season. So is this the week that OBJ actually does something? And do you still like Jarvis Landry in this one? Fire up the Cleveland pass catchers. OBJ, the question mark with OBJ now is... I mean, we all we've been saying the whole year, what's going on with OBJ? Like, how could he be this bad, fantasy wise, when he's been literally one of the best young receivers ever in NFL history? And apparently, he's just been playing with a sports hernia the whole year, and now he's gonna gonna have to have surgery on it after the year, and he seems to be fed up with that as well. So, look, if you want to look somewhere else at OBJ, I understand he's been super frustrating. He's literally frustrated himself. He's playing injured, apparently, now. We all just found out. But the Arizona Cardinals matchup cannot be a sweeter one. I mean, we're talking about one of the worst defenses in the leagues with one of the most, with one of the fastest offenses in the leagues, which allows for more plays for the opponent. We spoke about that all year. So the Browns are going to run a bunch of plays. I have OBJ at wide receiver 20 because of all the question marks. I have Jarvis Landry at wide receiver 12. He's been super hot uh, in the second half of the season. Super excited to see him going up against Arizona. And I also think Baker Mayfield is a great streaming option this week, despite the dud last week against Cincinnati. Everyone has dominated Arizona this year. So I'm starting Baker Mayfield as well. Um, Wow, Baker Mayfield is a start. Interesting. And do you also like Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb? Nick Chubb has been a little frustrating. The last couple of weeks, uh, but nothing. I mean, it's not like he's been bad and he's still getting the work. He just he hasn't found the end zone. But that's that's what happens when you have a running back who isn't super involved in the passing game. It's more often than not going to be touchdown or bust, and that's what happens with early down running backs. And Nick Chubb against Arizona. I mean, he went fifteen for one hundred six last game. Yeah, but I mean, ten and a half points though. It's not like right. you're super excited about that. Against Arizona, you have good as time as ever to find the end zone, so I'm firing him again as an RB1. Great. Another smash spot here for him. And Kareem Hunt, basically the new Austin Eckler. Like, he's basically Austin Eckler in that offense. Uh, double digits every single week except against Pitt where he put up 9. So 11, 9, 12, 15, 14. Just put him in your flex spot. It's a easy, easy flex double-digit performance out of Kareem Hunt. It was an easy peasy yelling squeezy yellow polka dot bikini that, that she wore, wore for the first time today. Yo, what are you doing? 
you know, saying the actual lyrics. He's got me hyped cutting, for the stop actual song. Cutting off my lyrics, bro. What's good, bro? What's up, bro? What's up, bro? Um, let's go over to the other side of the coin. Kyler Murray has sucked the last couple. Kyler, of um, because of that, his his weapons have sucked. Christian Kirk has sucked. Um, he's really the only Cardinals wide receiver that you're thinking about playing. Um, David Johnson had kind of a resurgent game, but Kenyon Drake has sucked. I really find it hard to trust the Cardinals in this game at all. I think that Kyler Murray is kind of hitting a rookie wall. You got to remember, this is the longest season that he's ever played by far, and he's playing against the elite of the elite, the biggest of the big. There could be a chance that his body is just breaking down kind of like a rookie wall. It seems as though he's hitting it. That being said, Vegas doesn't think it's going to be that far of a game. Arizona, uh, two-and-a-half-point underdogs uh, and a 48-point over-under. So they do see points being scored here. I just don't see that at Arizona. I think it's going to be a blowout. I agree with Vegas here. Um, I'm siding with the offense here with Kyler Murray. Yes, back-to-back rough games, but, I mean, he played against the Rams, who have been better of late, a lot better, and Pitt, who has been basically the best defense in the league outside of Baltimore and New England. I mean, not not even. New England of late has been bad. So, like, the la- over the last five weeks, has basically been Baltimore and Pitt as the toughest matchups outside of maybe San Fran. And now he gets Cleveland, a very nice spot for quarterbacks. And also underrated with Kyler Murray, he hasn't ran the last two weeks. Four for 28 and six rushes for two yards the last two weeks. That's that's kind of red, the reason why I think that he's just kind of getting, you know, tired of running into these big-ass dudes. Like, he's small, and it, they got nothing to play for. I don't know. I think Kyler Murray bounces back a bit. I have him as my QB 12 this week. I think he tries to use his leg more, legs more. I think he goes back over 200 passing yards. He hasn't thrown for over uh, 200 passing yards since week 10 against Tampa Bay. He's taken advantage of great matchups this year. I mean, Detroit, 23 fantasy points. Cincinnati, 25. Atlanta, 29. Like, Tampa Bay, 28. These are all against the bottom tier of past defenses, and Cincinnati, excuse me, and uh, Cleveland has been that for fantasy, opposing fantasy quarterbacks this year. So I like it, and this is a game where <clears throat> they're going to run a lot of plays. So I'm okay with Kyler Murray as a QB1 option. And I also, I really like Christian Kirk, who, yes, he's been... Uh, kind of down of late, but last week against Pittsburgh, Steven Nelson, one of the tougher matchups, eight receptions and 85 yards, has also had success in the games with good matchups, so I think he has a, a lot of appeal this week. What do you have, Kirk? I've met 18. All right, here's the bets. I bet you that Kyler Murray is not a QB1, and I bet you that Kirk finishes as a QB3 or lower. QB3? Why receiver three? I mean, I have Kyler Murray at twelve, so betting he's not a QB one is a little all right. Then a little bitch made by how about you. Top, how about top fifteen then? Top half. You got yourself a deal. Two bets and one. I love the double entendres. The bets are flowing. So let's see. Tim says Kyler Murray. How many bets we have this year? Less than last year, I think. We need to make more bets. Kyler Murray outside top fifteen. Yes. Right. And Christian Kirk outside top what twenty four. Twenty four. All right. All right, let's move on. All right, I'm going to love winning those bets against you. Uh, the Rams at the Cowboys is the next game on the Rocket Well, the, the running backs, I do not want to trust the running backs. No. I just want to put that no. out there. I mean, if you're going to trust one, it's Kenny and Drake no, still. No, don't do it. But Don't do it. Yeah, it's been a mess. Don't do it. Fool's gold. Um, Rams at the Cowboys is the next game on the docket. Um, 
let's start with the Cowboys because that offense has been sputtering out of control. Um, Ezekiel Elliott to start. Ezekiel Elliott always gets up in the games where he has to face other elite running backs, so I think he's going to have a good game in this one. <sighs> Zeke is another guy. It's just, it, I like, the four top running backs seemed like such smashes this season. Like, it was so uh, clear. Saquon Barkley had... I, I went over it multiple times during the offseason where I thought Saquon Barkley had some bust potential. Yeah, but either way, all of them seemed like they were such easy smashes, and they just haven't really lived up to it. And that, I mean, that's saying, that's being a little greedy. I mean, Zeke has been solid this year. He just hasn't been that ridiculous Zeke monster machine that we expect, you know? Like, only three games over 20 half EPR fantasy points. You, you'd like to see a little bit more than he that. Has, yeah, he hasn't had smash games, but he's been consistent. Scored two touchdowns against Chicago, which you'd love to see. Gets to the Rams here, who, who have been playing better of late, but they're a team that focuses on the pass, not the run, which bodes well for Zeke. So, I mean, obviously you're playing Zeke, but this is a good spot for him. What about these Cowboys pass-catching options? Michael Gallup has been the best of the bunch the last few weeks. Um, Amari Cooper saved his day with some uh, garbage time shenanigans, and Randall Cobb has com- become a complete afterthought. <clears throat> Yeah, it's um, it's Coop and Gallup in the passing game. I have them at fifteen and sixteen right now. Okay. Um, it's killing me whether to put Gallup ahead of Coop or not, because Cooper has these games where he play, he plays the top guys and really struggles. Jalen Ramsey being such this week, and Michael Gallup has really stepped up in those games, like against Detroit, for example. Darius Slay put up one hundred forty eight yards last week against Chicago, one hundred nine yards. Like like you said, Cooper didn't score till garbage time, so it's it's definitely risky here for Amari Cooper. It's but that's Amari Cooper, like Amari Nooper. What about what about Dak Prescott? Um, what about Dak Prescott in this situation uh, against a Rams team that is good against the quarterback, not great, but has been playing a lot better of late. I have him at QB eight this week. Uh, he's been very inconsistent of late, but New England, Buffalo, and Chicago at Chicago is by far the most difficult stretch that he's seen all season. Lightens up a bit here with the Rams, so I do think he bounces back a bit, and he gets to go home. So I like Dak Prescott as a low end QB one because in the good matchups, he's been over twenty points basically every single time. So I'm I'm firing up Dak Prescott. Jared Goff has been hot. The Cowboys' defense has been cold. Does this mean Jared Goff is a start? And I do want to preface it with this. We saw them go from 11 personnel over to 12 personnel. We explained the difference on Monday, so go check that out if you want to hear it. Um, Quick synopsis, if you did not listen to the review episode. Maybe there's people out there who only listen to the preview episodes. First off, you shouldn't. The review episodes are a ton of fun. Yeah, they're really loud. Listen to those, but yeah. um, Basically... You think about the Rams, you think 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end, the three receivers, Cooks, Cup, Woods. Uh, last week, they changed that up to 12 personnel, two tight ends, uh, Tyler Higby and Munt, and then Gurley in the backfield, and this is where it got interesting. They used Robert Woods and Josh Reynolds, their best run blockers, mostly. Robert Woods played 99% of the snaps, Josh Reynolds over 60%, Wo- uh, Cooks played over 30%, and Cooper Cup played 29% of the snaps. Holy moly, what a surprise. But they gave they had a solid running day. They gave Jared Goff time. They had a solid day through the air. If they continue to do this, I would not be shocked. I mean, it may have been just a personnel grouping. 
uh, last week, how they felt they matched up better against Seattle. But if they continue to do this, I would not be shocked. And I like Jared Goff this week against Dallas. Uh, 25 and 18 back-to-back weeks after those dreadful games in a row. He's really looked a lot better these last two weeks. A lot. So, a, a lot. So I like Jared Goff as a streaming option. And boy, oh boy, am I excited about Robert Woods. Yeah, me too. I mean, at this point, Robert Woods might go from one of the biggest busts in the year to a league winner. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous, the the flip of the switch that has happened with Robert Woods. I mean, now five— He left for the personal reasons, and no one has really pushed into why he left. You got to think that maybe there was a reason why he his just wasn't in the game, and then he got his personal shit together, and he came back as a beast. Maybe, but, I mean, four straight games with at least 95 receiving yards. He had a touchdown last week for the first time. Gets Dallas this week, which Robert Woods is constantly moving around the um moving around formation. the formation. So even if he's lined up against Byron Jones some, whatever. I mean Robert Woods, they, they run all these crazy routes in LA, a lot of drags across the field and such. And he like I said, if they use that twelve personnel, Robert Woods is on the field ninety nine percent of the time. He is the guy there now. So you gotta love that if you're a Robert Woods owner. I have him as my wide receiver nine. He's the one guy of the triple threat that that we usually associate with the Rams that is definitely on the field no matter what formation they're in. Yep. Which is saying something because Cooper Cup only thirty percent of the snaps last week. So how much of that do you think is the fact that they got up twenty one to three and they were trying to run the, some clock out? How much of it is a philosophy shift? How much of it is a matchup, you know, differential or you know, reliability or I don't know the word I'm looking Personnel for. Personnel matching up and yeah, things of that things sort. Things like that. I mean, I'm sure it all has a lot to do with it, but we all saw that it looked good. I mean, they were a successful offense last week. So what do you do with Cooper Cup then? Tyler Higby played great. If you have Cooper Cup, similar to like Mark Andrews. Um, Mark Andrews doesn't play a lot of snaps, good, but when he's on the when he's on the field, he's super effective, so you play him anyways. Even if Cooper Cup I mean, prior to this week, he never played less than half the snaps. This was just super random. But if it keeps up, I'm still trusting him to have a solid day. I mean, he did find the end zone 4 for 45, back-to-back games with a touchdown now and double digits. I have my wide receiver 17, so I prefer Robert Woods. But I do think Cup is a very solid wide receiver 2 option. Brandon Cooks, last week I said at this point you could just drop him. Nothing has changed from my mind. He put up a donut against Seattle. Who knows? This... This drop off from Brandon Cooks is a little ridiculous. It was a little crazy. I mean, thousand yard seasons, four straight years, and then this. I know he's been hurt dealing with all the concussions, but man, it's just it's been really rough here for Brandon Cooks. Facts, 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 facts. Tyler Higby though, Tyler Higby, I was wrong about last week. Maybe it had to do with the personnel change, but if Gerald Everett remains out. Tyler Higby's off back-to-back 100-yard games, eight targets and 11 targets, has been the most targeted player outside of Robert Woods. So you got to fire him up as a tight end one as long as he's getting that ridiculous amount of work and uh, involvement in that offense. Um, Tyler Higby, you mentioned already. Um, how do you like him? I literally just said it. My bad, my bad. Uh, <laughs> let's go over to, to Todd Gurley then. Todd Gurley. The Rams are realizing, hey, guys, we need to win out from here because our playoff hopes are slim. Let's use our best running back, and that's Todd Gurley. Uh, Todd Gurley has been morphed back into that workhorse role of late. 
23 rushes against Seattle, 79 yards, four receptions, 34 yards, three of the last four games with at least 18 half PPR fantasy points. I have uh, I have met um, running back, where is he, running back eight this week. So Dallas has really been prone to giving up big games to running backs this season. So fire up Todd Gurley. Yeah, I agree. It's girly time, girly man. Yeah. Um, Falcons at the 49ers is our next matchup. Her. Uh, let's go over to the 49ers because this is an interesting team, man, because this complexion of this offense is completely different than it was three weeks ago. And three weeks prior to that, it was completely different. Like, it's one of the teams where you can't really tell what their game plan is going into it. And I guess that's why Kyle Shanahan is Kyle Shanahan. Raheem Mostert is officially the starting running back there. If you Raheem. picked up, if you picked up Raheem Mostert, congratulations, you. That's a league winner right there. Oh yeah. Um, and so you're starting him against the Falcons with with great, just a big ass smile on your face, right? I have Raheem Mostert as my running back thirteen this I week. I was gonna say, so I could, absolutely. I haven't done my rankings yet, but I could see ranking him even as an RB one. How do you crazy. how do you not rank him out inside the top fifteen at this point? You Kyle Shanahan came out and said this week. Obviously, you've seen that we want to spread the touches, but Raheem has played so well that how could we not give him the ball more? I mean, even Kyle Shanahan said that. Kyle Shanahan is the running back spread the ball guru yeah. of the NFL like he uses all his running backs Not, but Matt Breida also killed it again like 43 yards on five carries I mean, that's what Matt Breida does though. <laughs> crazy and Tevin Coleman complete ap- afterthought three rushes six yards and his three rushes came in the blowout at the end of the game yeah well so not, not well not in a blowout but in, in at the end of the game two touchdowns for Mostert including that reception from Emmanuel Sanders on a trick play but hey at least it was Mostert who caught that ball and now three straight great games for Mostert. Two games as the lead guy. Fire him up. Sometimes it's Debo. Sometimes it's Emmanuel. Sometimes it's Kendrick Bourne. Sometimes it's somebody yeah. The 49ers wide receivers are so hard to tell. Yeah. 49ers wide receivers. What the hell? Why, why? <laughs> So with that, that being wasn't said, scripted. That was straight up the top of the dome. You know what it is. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Right at the top of the dome piece. Yo, yo, yo. Yeah, yeah. Harf. Ruff. With that being Harf. said, Harf. Harf. Ruff. You good, bro? I'm a dog. My G. You need more tea, bro? Get you it. Gonna be all right. Is <laughs> what happens when you give a boy <laughs> caffeine? You want me to drink fucking espressos? Anyway, espressos. There's, an, there's no X. It should be espresso. Is like what would. <laughs> that that describes it. It gives you express power. I'm pretty sure there's that's probably trademarked by or attempted to be trademarked by like 100 million people already. Expresso man, it's hilarious. Oh yeah, we're so I invented smart. it. All right, so shut your face. All right, 49ers. Right. What's going on with their wide receivers? Emmanuel Sanders, I have at 21, and Debo Samuel, I have at 22. I am absolutely okay with firing both up as wide receiver twos this week in an absolutely glorious matchup against Atlanta. Debo Samuel last week, even when Emmanuel Sanders stole the shine, still went 5 for 76, solid day, 33 rushing yards to boot on uh, two end arounds. And Emmanuel Sanders, the resurrection, seven receptions, 157 yards. Maybe it was just him finally fully recovering from his injury, but he was super involved. Uh, Now 15 targets in the last two weeks combined. Emmanuel Sanders looks like he's a big part of that offense again. 
And against Atlanta, with the way Jimmy Garoppolo's been throwing the ball, you want a piece of that offense. You're not trusting Kendrick Bourne. He's entirely touchdown dependent. But if you're in the semis, I doubt you need someone like that on your team. And George Kittle, what do we have to say about George Kittle besides the fact that he's an absolute monster? I love that you, catch George. and run against New Orleans to seal the game was glorious. I we love you, George. It was so great. Your Um, let's go over to the Falcon side because they lost a key member. Jimmy Garoppolo, though. Oh, Jimmy G. You're right. You're right. You got to play. You. I mean, if you're in a streaming situation, you can play him. Yeah, uh, I have him as my QB nine this week against Atlanta. The I'm a little scared that they take a big lead early, but. We're talking about a guy who 32, 18, and 29, three of his last four games. He's dominated uh, lesser opponents this year. Atlanta's certainly a lesser opponent. Um, Atlanta is a 11-point uh, underdog in a game with a 47-point over-under. Um, this offense is losing a lot of pieces, and their big piece is Calvin Ridley that they lost. So, with that being said... Julio Jones has not really been the same since he got those, like, is he injured? Is he not? He's playing halfway. He's not completely healthy. Hasn't done well, but the Niners are also dealing with a lot of injuries on their side. Richard Sherman going to miss this game. Um, D. Ford going to miss this game. Uh, Their starting center is going to miss this game on the offensive side. So the Falcons do get a 49ers team that is banged up. Does this open up some room for Julio and maybe Justin Gage to make some some noise? Russell Gage. Russell Gage. Justin Gage. So yeah, Justin Gage was the runner, right? No, Tennessee tight end receiver who oh, that's right, that's had right. the best game against Darrell Revis in Revis Island season. I believe he was an Olympic runner before he was. Uh, I got to check that out. Justin Gage. Don't know about that, but look, people are overthinking with Julio Jones, man. He hasn't scored a touchdown since week three, so he's gonna have to score again. Like he's not ending the season with three touchdowns. I don't care. Four touchdowns, excuse me. But look. Wide receiver eight, expert consensus ranking. Julio Jones is a top five receiver every single week. I don't care about the matchup because, like I said similarly Cortland Sutton earlier, Julio Jones does not have tough matchups. The defenses have tough matchups trying to guard Julio Jones. He is the, the a top three receiver in the league four years. Calvin Ridley's gone. Austin Hooper came back and was not efficient. He's the guy. If they're going to beat San Francisco or even try to keep the game close, it's going to be due to Julio Jones. And I'm not going to be the guy who gets cute and sits Julio Jones because they're playing San Francisco. Simple as that. Yeah. Uh, and on the other hand, Russell Gage has some appeal here with Calvin Ridley, but I think he's a low on flex option because outside of last week against New Orleans, uh, I think we could all agree Matt Ryan's no Drew Brees. Outside of that game, San Francisco defense has been absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, Matt Ryan's not going to do anything. So I'm not trusting him. And even Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper, I have as my tight end 10 this week. 49ers have, are a stout defense. He did not look great uh, last week coming off the injury. It's a really difficult matchup. If you are a owner of Austin Hooper and you've been holding on by your ball hair uh, for dear life... Um, you got to play Austin Hooper. But if you have another option, think about maybe pivoting. Uh, let's go over to our second-to-last game, the Sunday Night Football. Sunday Night Football Yo, on when MSG. is the last time you remember the Bills having three primetime games? This is a serious Bills squad that's seriously Shout coming. Shout out to the Bills, yo. Shout out to the Bills. The Steelers have been fantastic. Uh, Duck Hodges is leading this offense, but it's the defense 
who has made a name for themselves. I personally think the Bills win this game. Uh, I I think the Bills match up very well against Buffalo. Pitt is a two-point favorite at home in a 36.5 over-under. So they have this game going nowhere in terms of scoring because this is two very good defenses against um, you know Duck Hodges and a guy in Josh Allen who might be a lot improved and a really good fantasy player, but far from prolific when it comes to lighting up the scoreboard. So low implied totals for both of these teams. Let's start on the Buffalo side because they'll be playing a Pittsburgh defense that has been absolutely killing it. Um, Josh Allen saved himself last week a little bit by running in a touchdown, but busted. Um, his first bust in a very long time. Does he recover against his Pittsburgh defense? Has been really good. Let me tell you this, Tim. I am absolutely ecstatic that this game is Sunday night because people are going to see that the Pittsburgh Steelers are actually a joke. Ooh. The Pittsburgh Steelers are eight and five, <clears throat> likely going to make the playoffs. I hope they don't. I hope Tennessee and Houston are the two that make the playoffs outside of Buffalo in the wild card spot. Well, Buffalo still has a chance at a bye actually if they surpass the Patriots, but that's that's another conversation. They could. Michael, everyone made fun of Michael Robinson because he said the Bills were going to win the AFC East this year, and they and here we are in Week 14, and they have a, a shot, dude. Yes, they've been winning. They played against the Bengals. With Ryan Finley at quarterback, the Browns, and the Cardinals. Do, do we need to give like a slow round of applause, like a slow clap for these guys because they beat three of the bottom 10 teams in the league? Congratulations. Devlin Hodges hasn't thrown for more than 212 yards or more than a touchdown in any of those games. They may have been carried by their defense, and it's just not going to work this week. Buff, uh, Buffalo is going to go in there. Likely score a defensive touchdown, smother Devlin Hodges, probably run in a few couple touchdowns. I think the Bills win this game like 20 to 0, wow. 20 to 3. Wow. I think it's not even close the entire game. Hmm. But with that being said, obviously I don't expect Buffalo to score that many points. I think maybe they score two or three offensive touchdowns. I think maybe even they score a defensive touchdown. So I'm not super high on Josh Allen this week. I think he's going to have to use his legs here. Uh, but I have him at QB uh, 16, which means I'm not super high on the pass catchers either. Believe it or not, John Brown, the uh, the gloriousness of John Brown has fizzled. Yes, it has. As the season has gone on. Um, but, I mean, Cole Beasley's been better. Yeah. But, I mean, he's still seeing targets, eight targets last week against Baltimore, but only seven, excuse me, eight receptions combined over the last three weeks. Pittsburgh is not an easy matchup either. I have John Brown as my wide receiver uh, 32 so this week. Sounds about right. It's, it's tough to trust him as more than a mid-wide receiver three at this point. And Cole Beasley, as always, is a flex play. Uh, he's been super solid all season now. So, yeah. Um, The running backs, Devin Singletary had a great game. The, the number you love to see, though, he had eight targets in the passing game. Yes. Uh, Devin Singletary, look. Devin Singletary, I know this is a tough matchup against Pittsburgh. I still have him as my RB18 here. Whoa. I think there's a good amount of upside here, man, because if he finds the end zone, he's going to have a great game because this dude just does not go down on first contact. Over five and a half yards per attempt now, and he is operating as the workhorse these last two games. He's over 70% of the snaps. Frank Gore is an afterthought at this point. Last week against Baltimore when they needed their best guys on the field, Devin Singletary was on the field, except when inexplicably they brought in Frank Gore at the goal line who got 
stuffed. I hope they realize that was the worst idea ever because he's old. And who was he going to run someone over? No. But Devin Singletary, man, 17 for 89 on the ground, six receptions, 29 yards, set a career high with receptions and targets. He's seen this amount of work in the passing game before. Josh Allen was struggling throwing downfield the entire game. They were getting Devin Singletary more involved, close to the line of scrimmage. And Devin Singletary's eight targets, the target share uh, of Josh Allen's throws to Devin Singletary was top 10 in the league, including all receivers. So not only did Devin Singletary have 17 rushes and 89 yards, he was also a top 10 target share in the entire league, including receivers. So all signs are pointing up for Devin Singletary, even in a bad matchup against Pitt. Like I said, I think it's a very offensive game. If Singletary finds the end zone, I think he has a great game. If he doesn't, I still think he's he gets you 15 to uh, like 12 to 18 half PPR fantasy points, depending how many receptions he has. I'm still firing him up. Um, fire, fire him up. Let's go over to the Steelers against the. Uh, did we talk about Josh Allen actually? Yes, we did. I can't remember. Okay, let's talk about the Bills on the other side. Uh. On defense against the Steelers team who struggles on defense, but there is one thing that is going to save the world from everybody. The Terminator. John Connor here. I, don't know, I was like a John Connor British is here. Guy. Get to the chopper Terminator. now. I have a bad Terminator. John voice. Connor is back, man. That that turned into like a Mexican guy. <laughs> John Connor is back, man. <laughs> the Terminator. Hey, hey man. John Connor is back, man. <sighs> yes. John, uh, I was gonna say John Connor. I was gonna say John Connor, the actual Terminator. John Connor's back, man. Practiced in full. James Connor. Practiced in full, man. Boom, boom. They brought him back with the Rasta, man. Uh, Jalen Samuels actually looking doubtful for this game now too. Uh, Benny Snell will likely be worked in again a little bit, but he's not. I mean, no. It's James Connor time again, folks. So. I have missed my running back 16 just because it's a very difficult matchup and Duck Hodges is at QB, but I'm not afraid of just putting him back in my lineup and being happy with it because this is a guy who, before he got hurt, was getting easily 16 to 20 touches a game, if not more. And you got to expect the same against uh, Buffalo, who has been beaten on the ground when they have been beaten. So you got to expect you're going to try to get James Conner involved early and often. We'll get to the Steelers pass catchers in just a second, but I need you to write this down. Me and Jason have a bet. He was in the Discord. Patreon.com slash Fantasy if you want to be part of our Discord and our community. What's the bet? Jason said that everyone put your best team that you still have left in the chat. So everyone put their best team in the chat. And Jason's like, you have the worst best team, which he's bugging. I have Lamar Jackson. What's the deal, bro? The deal is that his best team is going <coughs> to outscore my best team next week. My best team is going to smash him, son. I can't wait. I can't wait to smash the shit out of him. And then and then make him call me daddy. That's not gonna happen. That's the bet. Yeah, that's the bet. Is it? Nah. I, I was just, gonna I say, just made it am I missing something? Um, speaking of daddy, the Steelers. Uh, nah, mm. the Steelers' daddy, Mike Tomlin. There you go. 
went to Devlin Hodges, and the reason is not because he's a superstar, it's because he doesn't turn the ball over, and he has not been turning the ball over. On top of that, he's made a wide receiver fantasy viable every single week so far. You can say what you want about Devlin Hodges, Against but that's a fact. It's terrible. It's a fa- facts is facts is facts is facts is facts. So, is there any pass catching offense that you can even consider on the Steelers? No, 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 no. I agree. No, you're no. in the playoffs. You're not playing Steelers. No, 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 no. Facts. I told you, Tim, you can't start Washington. You can't start Deontay Johnson. <laughs> is that? No, no. Is that? Uh, Rider Part 2. Wow, by G Unit. That's right. That was when. <laughs> Yo, Michael, I don't even know. Uh, the Monday night matchup will end it here. Um, while Michael thing has Michael's Rolodex of songs comes out, we'll get his Rolodex I mean, that of was, knowledge. That was a, that was solid right there. Um, <laughs> let's go over to the Saints side, man. Alvin Kamara has been Last super game. depressing. He has. Um, I mean, if you're at this point, you have Alvin Kamara. Nice. Uh, you probably have won with a little bit of luck, a little bit of fortune, a little bit of playing the waiver wire. Congratulations to you. Um, so with that being said. Well, how do you feel about Alvin Kamara this week? Alvin, Alvin, Alvin. Alvator. If you are an Alvin Kamara owner, Tim, are you really going to put him on your bench? No. Exactly. That's the suckiest part. Because he's still getting the damn work. Still getting the damn work. He's just not doing anything with it. And it's just, it's mind-boggling because he's been so ridiculously efficient and just all-around amazing his first two years in the league. And it's just odd to see. I've used my RB11 this week. Look. Going against Indy, Indy's been solid, but they're not a like a a defense to be afraid of by any means. You gotta hope Alvin Kamara finds the end zone, but if he doesn't, gotta hope he catches more passes again. Back to back weeks with four receptions. Prior to that, he went four straight weeks with at least six receptions, six, seven, eight, ten, and nine, five weeks, excuse me. And then four receptions and four receptions. He lost a fumble, so Latavius Murray started getting more work. Only 25 rushing yards on 13 attempts. Just a bad day for Alvin Kamara. Chalk it up to that. Hope he bounces back. I think he has at least a decent day against Indy. I can't see him having two duds in a row. So I like Alvin Kamara to have a a little bit of a bounce back. I'm going to say something that I'm going to duck on the table because Mike might slap me. What about Latavius Murray? (laughs) I mean, the answer is no, so you can just say The answer is no. Uh... Look, even last week when he had 69 rushing yards and actually two receptions for 25 yards, he did put up 10 uh, fantasy points, only had nine touches. So do you want to trust someone with nine touches? I don't. I don't. I don't want. Especially in the semifinals. Especially someone who touches you nine times. Mm. Um Michael Thomas is a good to go, locked and loaded, lock him up, bang, bang. Michael Thomas is the most ridiculous human on earth. So let's go to the second person. Elon Musk, Michael Thomas. That's a list. <laughs> let's go to the second person in this in this uh, offense. Jared Cook left the game with what looked like a pretty scary injury last time. People weren't really giving it thought because he popped right up, but when he got hit, like his eyes rolled back. He looked like he got knocked down in a UFC fight. That's how I know a concussion's really bad when you look like you get knocked down in a UFC fight. Um if he plays, he's a great matchup, but he might not play. If he plays, you're playing him. Simple as that. I mean, he's really created a nice connection with uh, Drew Brees as the number two option behind Michael Thomas. Dude played for, what, a quarter and a half last week before getting hurt? Two touchdowns. He got you 19 and a half PPR fantasy yeah. points. Two receptions, two touchdowns, 
two for 64 and two. Can't really ask for much more than that from a guy who's going to play a quarter and a half. That's ridiculous. Indianapolis sucks against a slot wide receiver. Do you think there's a chance that Traquan Smith breaks one to the house? And I mean, it's at home. In the dome, yeah. Playing at home, there's always a chance something like that happens for Ted Ginn or Traquan Smith. But uh, we said we're talking. You're really going to speculate that yeah, at this point? We're talking about championship players here. All right, let's go to our last yeah, team. Come the on, Colts. Well, Drew Brees, you skipped. Oh, and uh, I like Drew Brees as a start at home. Man, Drew Brees, Drew Brees last week said yes. Simple. You play me at home. I don't care who I'm playing against because what he did against San Francisco. Was absolutely absurd. This Six is, touchdowns. This scored, San Francisco team too, man, including a rushing touchdown, five passing, three hundred forty-nine passing yards. A Drew Brees Hall of Fame. We call game. it. We call it the Brees Special. Mm. Um, let's go over. That was my QB four. Let's go over to the Colts. They play a good Saints defense, um, but you gotta like Marlon Mack because he's gonna get twenty-five carries. Marlon Mack is going to get a lot of carries. Gotta like him is eh. Yeah, true. Because Marlon Mack has shown that he is touchdown dependent. And do you want to use a touchdown dependent running back against a team that does not allow running backs to score touchdowns? You can't see me right now, but I'm measuring with my hands. <laughs> one side uh, volume, one side touchdown <laughs> discrepancy. So, I mean, it's hard here to really trust Marlon Mack this week to like him. New Orleans is just the better version of the Tampa Bay uh, front seven. And the Tampa Bay front seven held him to 38 rushing yards on 13 rush attempts. Vegas. Yes, not, he scored a touchdown. Vegas does not see this in the game as close either. Yeah. Yes, he scored a touchdown. but And like you said, Vegas doesn't see it as a close game. They think New Orleans wins uh, by a large 46 margin. 46 over under. Uh, New Orleans is the nine-point I mean, favorite. So if that's the case, there goes Marlon Mack from being on the field. Here comes Naheem Hines. That's what worries me. That's what I was going to mention right now because game script might game script Marlon Mack out of this game. We've seen it before. I actually have Marlon Mack as my RB25. When there's no bye weeks, there's a lot of valuable options, and I just I can't put my trust in Marlon Mack this week. T.Y. Hilton out. Chester Rogers out. <coughs> Deion Kane released. Eric Ebron out. I feel like I'm missing one more wide receiver in this bunch. Who knows? The injuries is piled up, and it seems like Zach Pascal is the last man standing. Him and Marcus Johnson. Zach Pascal I have as my wide receiver, 29. I want to really like Zach Pascal this week because we are the Zach Pascal proponents of the world. Uh, we've been on that bandwagon, and has that turned out right? Um, obviously, he was the better play last week than Paris Campbell, who people on Twitter didn't want to believe that. One Some, particular person on One Twitter particular person. Who shall not be named, who likes to... Who likes to block people when they win arguments. Yeah, so, and Zach Pascal, 7-109 against Tennessee, 5-74 for 74 against Tampa Bay. Against New Orleans is not a game where you really have to worry about him getting game scripted out because they go to the run because I do not see them taking a huge lead against New Orleans by any means. But what scares me, New Orleans has been terrible against the pass, yes. But Marcus Lattimore has not been absolutely atrocious. Like, DJ Moore and Emmanuel Sanders went off, right, against them. Outside of that game, the last 10 wide receiver ones to play against New Orleans, seven of them scored less than their season average. That's 70% of the time the wide receiver scoring less than they average on the season. And with Zach Pascal, we like Zach Pascal, but it's not like this super athletic high draft stock guy far from a must play yeah Zach Pascal is a guy who 
out of Old Dominion undrafted, I believe, who really has come onto the scene, but like he he works. He's just I mean, what I'm trying to say is it's not like he's a a match if if you match him up against Mark Marshawn Lattimore, it's not like Zach Pascal is on the upper tier. Marshawn Lattimore is on the Lattimore is on the upper tier. Right. So it's tough for me to trust Zach Pascal a lot this week. I do see him getting a bunch of targets still. He'll move around. He won't be lined up against Lattimore every single play, but it's it's tough to really expect big things out of him. I don't think you can play Marcus Johnson, so let's go over to Jack Doyle. I think he's the last player that we could talk about here. Yeah, uh, Jack Doyle is a solid play again. Really shit the bed last week. Uh, disappointing. Two for 27 against Tampa Bay. Jack Doyle or O.J. Howard? But he got the six targets. 17 targets his last two games. I'm going Doyle over O.J. Howard. I'm going volume over speculation. Jack Doyle or Noah Fant? Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle or Nick Boyle or Jack Aiden Doyle. Hurst if Mark Andrews doesn't play. Doyle! Jack Doyle or wait for Jared Cook on Monday night? I have them back-to-back, so personal preference, I suppose. All right, that's <coughs> all for us and our breakdowns. Don't forget to join us for our live stream going down this Sunday like it always does every single Sunday up until your fantasy drafts. Don't forget to check us out at Broto Fantasy on Twitter. Broto Fantasy. Well, we got the Thrive Five, bro. Relax. I'm gonna tell you in a second. <laughs> BrotoFantasy.com for anything Broto Fantasy. Patreon.com to um, donate to the cause and also get the special episode. You're gonna really want that waiver wire episode next week. It's Championship Week. You need all the help you can get. Um, and yeah, we're sponsored by Thrive. The Thrive Fantasy app is the brand new way to play daily fantasy. That's prop based betting you make a lineup of props and you go from there um we were killing it in the beginning of the year in this game and uh recently we've we've stepped back a little bit i'm not gonna <laughs> lie that's how betting goes but hopefully we'll get back in the schnanky uh this week and with that being said don't forget to th- sign up for thrive at <clears throat> thrivefantasy.com or with the thrive fantasy app if you download it and put in the promo code broto that's b-r-o-t-o you get a free $10 on your first deposit of $10 or more. Free money to play with. Who doesn't love that? So with that being said, we're going to do something called the Thrive 5 today. If you're a regular listener, you know what this is all about. If not, listen up closely. We give you five of our favorite plays in the <coughs> ten from a 10-man lineup that you can make and thrive, and we let you know why. Uh, I'll, usually it's Jason giving us his plays, and we agree or disagree. I'll be disagreeing or agreeing with Michael for the Thrive 5. So with that being said... Uh, Michael, who's your first one? I'm not going to lie to you, Tim. I think these are very easy today. Let's do it. Sam Darnold over under 242.5 passing yards. Over 95, under 105. Oh, my God. Still one of the what? easiest under smashes in my life. For real. Like, let's play right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Next, Jamison Crowder over 95, under 105. 54.5 receiving yards. Another super easy under smash. Under. He hasn't reached that in four games, and now he gets Baltimore and Marlon Humphrey. So, right. Uh, Bilal Powell, I mean, if Le'Veon Bell plays, this doesn't make much sense to me. 45 and a half yards, 100 over, 100 under. I really hope Bilal Powell's active. And You and mean Le'Veon Bell's active? No, Bilal Powell. Because if he's active and plays as Le'Veon Bell's backup, there's no way he hits Well, yeah, that. if he's Le'Veon Bell's backup. But yeah. if he's injured, then they could take so it So those three board. just seem like pure smashes to me. Um, Moving on, this one is a little more interesting. Lamar Jackson, 270 and a half total yards over and under, even at 100. 
Here's the only thing. I mentioned this with Lamar Jackson. The fact that he has a quad injury. Now, he himself said this is nothing. But the fact that he has a quad injury leads me to believe that they may not run as much. That makes me nervous. So you're going under? I'll go on. I'll go. I want to stay away from this one. Gotcha. Last one. This one's interesting. I think I might yonder at the over. Two and a half total touchdowns and interceptions for passing touchdowns and interceptions for Lamar Jackson. Under 85, over 115. And interceptions. Yeah, I want to stay away from Lamar Jackson. He's reached that in four of his last five games. I'm staying away from Lamar Jackson. All right. Give me one more since since I I kind of took the easy way out. All right, I'll give you one more. Uh, You want from the Ravens or the Jets? Why are we only doing Thursday night? Wow, we're only doing... Th- See, this Jason... This is why Jason this. needs to do this. I guess we're giving Thursday night plays. Yeah, we're doing then. Thursday night plays. <laughs> Radio, right righty. Uh, let's... What about... What is Mark Ingram's line looking like? Mark Ingram, 81 and a half total yards under. rushing and receiving. Under. Under 95, over 105. Under, under, under. Cool, the under there, too. Yeah. All right. All right, so that is it for us. Don't forget to check out our live stream. Um, That's really it. That There's not much more I could say. Except I hope you have a good day. Hey, hey, for those of you who are Brodo OGs, thank Speak you. What? Oh. <laughs> for those of you who are new to Brodo, thank you. For those of you who know exactly what's up, thank you. We love you. Want to have your children? I don't. I can't have children. I'm a man. Sorry. Tim, your ending is very weird. You know what it is? I, I was trying to play one of Johnny's songs, but it's telling me I can't do it. And we're gonna, the song Talk My Shit cannot be used because the original file cannot be found. What the fuck? What is this shit? <laughs> Where's the original file at? Uh, but yeah, check out Johnny Patrop on SoundCloud. Yeah, it would be nice and if we could play something from him. That's our brother. Fuckers. Extraordinaire. Of the rap game. We'll, we'll, we'll come in with it next week. Don't forget to come to our live stream. For real. We helped a lot of people last time. Yeah, Sunday was a lot of fun. See ya. Peace.